Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being here. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's 2021. January the 1st, 2021. Pinch and a punch. Um, if you're new, if it's your first ever podcast, if the first time listening to this show, welcome. This is a show hopefully designed to help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. Something you hear today will hopefully help you go to bed tonight going, you know what, I thought about that thing that I heard earlier that that person said or what G said, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, uh, it's all right. There are so many other episodes to get into. I mean, this is, a, this is a, I'm here twice a week, so on Mondays I'm here with a guest, and on Fridays I'm here with you. There are... 300 and goodness how many other 367 new episodes and um we're currently in the middle of a best of situation so we're replaying the best episodes of 2020 now i have recorded new intros to each one of those um particularly the karen douglas intro if you've already listened to the karen douglas episode you may want to check out the intro because it does address a lot of things that have happened since karen came on the show karen's a uh, expert in conspiracy theories and yeah, so I'm here twice a week. So thank you so much for subscribing. Second year doing this, uh, 21 ideas for 2021. What if we did these 21 things in 2021? So at the start of 2020, I did a podcast called 20 Ideas for 2020. And it absolutely went off. So I thought, what's another way that I could do that? Because most of those ideas, if you go back and listen to that podcast, I still feel the same way about a lot of those. And there may be one uh, snuck back in here. But I thought instead, why not ask some questions? Because I think that's the way I like to look at the world. I don't like really to go, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. I like to think more in questions. Like, like I like to see possibility in things. All right, let's, let's accept the shit thing that is happening. 
All right. What's the possibility? What can we fix? What can we make better while we are addressing this problem? And that's just the way I choose to look at the world because uh, the alternative has in the past, in my past, has proved to be just a spiral of doom. Uh, and so I work very hard to try and keep my, uh, my gaze aloft, if you will. So instead of 20 ideas for 2020, welcome to this episode. What if we did these 21 things in 2021? So number one, <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to get a fair idea what kind of guy I am just by listening to this first one. But yeah, there's 20 more. So here we go. Uh, what if speeding fines, parking fines, and generally penalties for white collar crime were based on your income? Well, not, you know, Finland does this. You may want to look into it. It's quite interesting. So sorry, say, for example, a person's making 1500 bucks a week here in Australia. It's a little less than the average wage. So if a person's making 1500 bucks a week and gets a $260 speeding fine, which is about what it is in New South Wales, that's really going to sting. All right, 260 bucks out of 1500 if that's all the money you got for a week, that's going to hurt. If you're earning $7,500 a week and you get the same fine, I mean, that's, that's just the wine bill at lunch, isn't it? So the idea, what if you make six times the average income, you get six times the fine? I mean, for me personally, it means that you can't earn your way out of the consequences of being a part of everyday society. All right, number two, what... What if, just for example, what if we treated our city water supplies with the respect they deserve? What if we decided that the water in our dams is first and foremost for people to drink, number one, two, to cook with, three, to bathe in, and four, to wash with, wash clothes? What if we change the way we choose to believe? What if we change the way to choose to believe what a green lawn means? about the people inside the house. Does that green lawn mean you've made it in life? Does that green lawn mean you've perhaps used more water than is your share? Yes, we all have a water bill and yes, we pay for it. However, is it time to think about the true value of that liquid, particularly if you live in inland New South Wales where day zero was coming up fast a couple months back? Is water too precious to charge for at a flat rate? Just imagine what kind of innovations we could come up with if we decided that, I don't know, no municipal water supply goes on the suburban garden or the suburban lawn. I mean, it's a big thing to ask, but what kind of things could, could happen out of that? Like, for example, if you want a lawn or like our family, you want to grow some of your own food, what if we chose to collect rainwater and reuse our grey water to flush with or just lay some gravel down? How much water could we save? How much more prepared would we be to avoid a day zero situation? When we are on those super intense water restrictions, what would you rather? A greener lawn than your neighbour's lawn or 60 litres to wash the baby's clothes? Hmm. Okay, number three. What if... I did sneak this one back in. What if we introduced citizen juries, just introduced them into local government operations, just to get the community used to decisions made by them for them? What would that do over time? How would that infuse a form of democracy that is inoculated from the influence of vested interests and the associated money? Hmm. Okay, number four. Oh, I like this one. What if we asked insurance companies to start to publish their projections, because you know they've made them, to start to publish their projections of how they're going to need to raise the price of home insurance in parts of the country vulnerable to the effects of global warming? 
That way, people who've got their retirement funds tied up in property can now make an informed decision about when and how they're going to protect the value of that asset. What's the point of investing in a home that you aim to sell to fund your assisted living at the end of your life if when you go to sell that asset, it's now worthless because you've got the Brisbane River coming up past your letterbox every high tide or you have to buy a new letterbox every year because it keeps getting burnt down. I mean, like if you've just retired and you're 60, you've still got 10, 15, 20 years to live in that house. But what's that going to look like in 20 years? When you go to sell it, you're probably banking on the property market going up. But if that property is in danger of depreciating, you're probably going to want to know now. So by the time you get there, your property's, you know, not worth a pack of chips and a sausage roll. It's actually, you know, you can make a decision now about how you manage that chunk of money because you're no longer earning regularly. I mean, for me, ultimately, I'm thinking about the rest of us, you know, that would lead to less burden on the pension system in 15, 20 years. And that would help us all, right? No, just a question. So, number five, what if? What if we redefine the definition of broadcasting and redefine the definition of publishing to include any form of scalable publishing of content, audio, video, written, and then make the people that scale the publishing of that content as responsible as broadcasters. And so they are responsible for the content they publish. They are responsible for the user's content. That way, all the streaming and online publishing companies would fall under the same guidelines as traditional broadcast standards, which do exist for a reason. And they exist to protect not only our community, but also our political process. They are written <laughs> into law for a reason. Just go and have a pick and have a look at what yellow journalism did in the 1800s and, and read about and figure out why we brought in such incredible ethics around journalism uh, when it was just the printing press we were dealing with. But doing that, in my opinion, would help out protect our community, but also a political process. All right. What if we did these 21 things in 2021? Number six, what if we provided a tax break for companies engaged in carbon sequestration. It's not a carbon tax. No, I would never do that. It's a discount on your tax bill. That's a tax deduction. For every kilogram of CO2 that you offset, CO2 that you've produced making money in your company, you get a healthy deduction. Good for you. It's not a tax. No, 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 no. It's a discount. Good on you. Well done. Jolly good. Oh, what, you're funding a carbon sequestration industry that could, you know, provide jobs and growth in our country? Oh, good Australian you are. Okay, number seven. What if, what if we got, what if we got telcos to take responsibility for scam calls, for robocalls and for unwanted telemarketing calls? Just, I don't know, provide like a key combination that you dial while the call's live. I don't know, star seven or whatever. And then what that does is it charges the phone company back for the price of the call. So that way, it's in the phone company's financial interests to hunt down and identify numbers where vast amounts of calls are coming from. I'm looking at you, Craigie Byrne. I don't know anyone in Craigie Byrne, but goodness, I get a lot of calls from there. Also, by doing that, you're helping the telco protect the value of the investment they've made by putting a line into the house. Because, I mean, I don't know. When was the last time you picked up your home phone? Because 
it's not somebody you ever know, is it? It's always someone you don't know. But the home phones are becoming useless. So let's protect that because it's important. They save lives, home phones. All right, number eight. What if we extended the current water tank rebate scheme for rural Australia into metropolitan Australia? What if we did that? Like similar to like government loans for solar panels, but this way it's for a rainwater tank. You eventually will pay it off in savings on your water bill and it would hopefully alleviate the pressure, pardon the pun, on the city water supply and provide uh, somewhat of a buffer zone as the weather gets hotter and drier in coming years and helping people who are not in a financial position to install a water tank in their own home to allow them to have that buffer zone in case we get into trouble. Well, in case. Okay, number nine. What if, well, you might know this one already. What if we started a sovereign wealth fund for battery minerals in Australia? (laughs) We've missed the boat on coal. We've missed the boat on gas. But lithium, cobalt, nickel, vanadium, that's the next mega trend. And rather than the limited scope of what our country has, which is called a future fund, it's good. Don't get me wrong. It's good. But it could be so much more incredible If we built something like a sovereign wealth fund, we would set up our kids and our grandkids and their kids for life with an investment now into what could be the most incredible economic life raft in history, which would help carry us as a nation through the extreme weather that is we're experiencing right now and will keep coming, future pandemics. And whatever adaptation we are going to need to make as coastlines change and water supply changes and things like this. What if we did that? What if we use this opportunity, these battery minerals, which are going to power, God, I'm pun friendly today, power the the electrification of the future of our country and the world, basically, and use the profits of that to then invest them and fund the, the way we deal with the future. Okay, number 10. What if we taught basic cognitive behavioral therapy as a subject in early high school? Take it every day, like maths and English. If school is designed to prepare you for life, then what if we taught young people skills to deal with the ups and downs that come with life and ups and downs that will come with living in an increasingly unpredictable world? Number 11, what if we made it part of our food labelling to show not only how much sugar and fat and sodium and calories are in our food, but how many litres of water we use to make it. Just as a way of helping our community, helping me, helping you understand how our weekly shopping choices affect the ability for me to draw clean water out of a tap. Number 12. What if we made sure that the ancient political doctrine of nothing about us without us was absolutely adhered to in how we run our local, state, federal governments and companies big enough to affect communities. Like true, meaningful community consultation and participation, not only at the inception of a policy, but in the execution of that policy, being that a government policy or a company policy. Basically, no rooms of straight white men making choices for women's health and no rooms of all white people making choices for Indigenous health, etc., etc., etc. You get the picture. Hang on. I'm talking a lot about water today, so let me have a quick swig. Mm. Sydney tap. Ah, my favourite. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, that's a baby that's awake. Uh, yeah, a lot of these because, there's a, you know, I've got kids and I think about... I was thinking the other day, it's like, when's Wolf going to graduate? He was born in 2019, so he's going to graduate in 2037. What's the war going to look like? Fucking hell! So a lot of these come from there. <laughs> All right? Where was I? Oh, number 13. Uh, what if What if we made as many local, state, and national government cars as possible electric? That way, you not only save money on fuel and service costs of their fleet vehicles, which... You know, I've been driving uh, electric cars for nearly 10 years. They cost nothing, barely anything to service. And to to run them, it's so cheap compared to petrol. So not only are they saving the government money on that, they're also normalising the driving of EVs for the community. Because the governments have an opportunity to buy in bulk, they drive the price point down. And the associated charging infrastructure would be an ongoing benefit to the community. Think of it like uh, installing a, a park or a, a, a water bubbler or something that your council would do. It's like, there's a charging point. Go for it. It's near the library. It's near the parks, near the shops, whatever. Plus, here's the other thing. I can make your government money as well. If those governments use the batteries in those cars at nighttime when they're not driving around doing government business to power the buildings they're plugged into using a vehicle-to-grid charger... There's further power savings, which would mean the departments that use those vehicles are more and more efficient with their budgets. Win, win, win. Okay? Bingo. All right, number 14. (laughs) What if we reframe the COVID pandemic as a threat not to catch COVID, but as a threat to our ability to have access to the hospital when you need it? Anyone that's needed more than basic healthcare in a country without an advanced medical system will know (laughs) that it is not a nice feeling to know that you are, you know, (laughs) the nearest defibrillator or the nearest orthopedic surgeon is at least two flights away. All right. That is a bad feeling. When you hurt yourself or get into an accident in a country that does not have the kind of hospitals we have in Australia, you know very quickly, oh, fuck, I really take the ability to just go down the street and get fixed for granted. COVID is not about you getting sick. It's not about me getting sick. It's about us stopping vulnerable people in our community getting sick, people who will need so much more help and care than you and me, the kind of help and care that only a hospital will provide. You don't have to look far for an example. Look at the UK. Look at Wisconsin. My mate in San Diego was telling me the other day they're running out of ICU beds. In Reno, Nevada... 
they've converted two floors of an underground hospital car park into wards because the rest of the hospital is full of sick people. Now, imagine that, I don't know, you're cooking for your family and you cut yourself quite badly or your, your kid falls off their bike, boom, they get a you know, compound fracture or your husband falls off a ladder doing something he's not qualified to do and you need urgent help. Sorry, bad luck, the hospital's at capacity. I do not want that. You do not want that. So let's get selfish, Australia. Wear a mask, wash your hands, take lockdowns and movement restrictions seriously. Because when you want a defibrillator or when you want a ventilator or when you want to get your nasty wound stitched up, you want to be able to access it and quick. That's what this is about. All right, 15. <laughs> a bit of a tangent here. What if we scrap the Logies and come up with a true and honest awards ceremony to commend and show recognition to the creators that we watched the most. Using, let's say, I don't know, blockchain voting, for example, to avoid, shall we say, controversy around big awards, we'll get a true and accurate representation of what we watched together this year. Now, why I like this one is because it sends a message to those who hold the keys to the production budgets and the advertising budgets about what kind of things people actually are watching. Number 16 is a related one. What if we came up with a different rating system for radio and television in Australia? Now, right now, you and I, we all listen to things and we watch things in ways that are so incredibly different to the way that the rating systems were designed to measure. So what if we came up with a way to measure how people listen and watch the things that they like to listen to and watch, like an accurate way of describing that? What would that do to production budgets? What would that do to advertiser dollars, casting decisions? What would that do to perceptions of political influence and weight put upon comment and opinion given by certain broadcasters? Hmm. Oh, man, I'm getting into the waters here. <laughs> Number 17. <gasps> Take a breath. What if we got churches to pay tax? Yeah, I said it. You want to say how our country's run? You want to tell people who they can and cannot love? Great. Pop your money in the tin like the rest of us. There you are. All right. Uh, number 18. What if we had an equivalent of the RSA? Something that stops us from, protects us from ourselves when we're out drinking. Uh, not me, but people who drink. We identified a problem in the community so much that, you know, we're like, okay, we need to train everyone that serves alcohol that person is not only a danger to themselves, they're a danger to others, uh, so therefore we can't give them any more of this thing. What if we had a, a similar, that's responsible service of alcohol if you're not in Australia, and every person that is in the hospitality industry has to be trained in it. What if we had an equivalent of the RSA for poker machines and for online betting? What if we did that? What would that look like? What would be the benefits of that? Number 19, 21 what-ifs for 2021. What if, like how a CEO's pay is structured, we structure the pay of our elected politicians to pay out over time based on their performance, even when they have left office? That way, they might be inclined to pursue projects that will serve the whole community, the whole community, in the long term. Something to help elected officials get out of the, it's called NIMTO thinking, not in my term of office, NIMTO. 
something to help politicians think beyond the three years or the four years. Like, how can I be sure? Like, I'm going to be, you know, hopefully retired somewhere and I want to make sure that this bridge or tunnel or community program or, or, or tax, you know, structure is doing the right job still in 20 years from now. All right? Okay. Oh, Wolfie's there. Awake. I could better get down. Okay, number 20. This is good. Oh, crikey, I can't believe I'm going to say this one. Crikey, here we go. See, I always got told, if you're scared before you hit publish, then you know it's good. So I'm scared right now. Number 20. What if there were other ways to serve the country than enlisting in the army? What if there was another part of the Australian Defence Force? I mean, we'll need defence against global warming, right? What if there was another way that the government could employ people after they've finished school and before they've started uni with a similar commitment, three or five years or so, where people could, you know, learn leadership skills, learn to be part of a team, help people in the community and be seen by the community with the same respect as any other person in uniform, but not be in the military? I mean... If I'd met a young woman or a young man who was spending their first years after school helping... Daddy. Wolfie! <laughs> he calls my name. It's like Marco Polo. Daddy. Wolfie! Daddy. Yep, I'll be right down. It's like Marco Polo. It's the best. Um, if I met a young man or a young woman or a young woman or a young man that was spending their first years after school, I don't know, helping like relocate vulnerable communities in the top end, dealing with all the challenges that come with that, learning a lot of how to deal with people how to deal with decision-making and, and, and pressure and things like that. That would be an incredible asset for them in the rest of their career. But also I'd be like, oh my God, that's a really selfless thing to do. And I would shake the hand in the street and say, thank you for your service. All right, number 21. This is the last one. What if we worked really hard? Just a question. What if we worked really hard to make sure that who we see on television, who we see in our parliament, who's writing our news articles, who's running our major companies, what if we make sure that those people are similar to those that we see in our streets? What if there was equal demographic representation to the population, not only in positions of power, but in casting, in employment, in the media? Is you can't be what you can't see. And that goes for one side of it, not seeing people like you in positions of influence, like only seeing men, for example, or only seeing white people. And the converse is for only seeing people like you in position of influence. Oh, women can't do this. Or, you know, people who aren't white can't do this. I've never seen one. They can't do it. At the very basic, the very basic it would be women as represented as men. I mean, Australia's 50-50 men and women. There's half women, half men. All right. Let's start there. All right, our parliament is not 50-50. Our CEOs are not 50-50. Uh, Jesus, I don't have to tell you about it. So let's start there. And then we'll move towards, slowly, similar representation for Indigenous, for non-English backgrounds, young people, the young people who will eventually be inheriting the keys to the Fury Road or a utopian futurist paradise. It's, it's up to us. So there you go. What if we did these 21 things in 2021. I know it's a big, lofty, humongous question to ask. And I know that I'm a, a, a straight, white, middle-aged, super privileged white guy asking these questions. I'm very aware of all of that. And I'm happy to have further conversations with you. Send us your email at gmail.com. But I just, 
just asking the questions because I like to see possibility, all right? But also in asking those questions, I think it's really, really, really important to not let perfect be the enemy of good, all right? If we keep waiting for perfect, like, you know, look at a relationship. If you keep waiting for Mrs. Perfect or Mr. Perfect, you're going to say no to a lot of people that are really fucking great and then you'll be sad and single and 40, all right? (laughs) Don't let perfect be the enemy of good, all right? That's a really important thing. Uh, I I think about that a lot when it comes to my plant-based ways. There's some people who eat similarly or live similarly to me that are, how do I put it, fundamental in their thinking. And for me, it's like that's not going to achieve the goal, man. All right. (laughs) Don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Happy New Year, by the way. I know I like to tell you this story a lot, but uh, I'll say it again. There was a time, 2006 or something, I can't remember. His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, came to Australia and I was asked to MC an appearance of his at the Domain and it was unbelievable to be in his presence. And he said to the crowd, in his beautiful, laconic way of speaking and the way he giggles as he talks. So I always find it so funny about you Westerners. You only allow yourself one day of the year to decide you're going to do things differently. Don't you realise? Every day is New Year's Day. <laughs> and he's right. A day at a time, my friends. We choose to do this differently a day at a time. Thank you so very, very much for listening. I really appreciate everything that you have done for me in 2020. You may not realize it, but your support of this podcast has allowed us to do the most incredible things over this year. And this podcast has grown enormously in the last 12 months. And here's to, we had some pretty mad ideas of what we're going to do with the show and then hello COVID. So we'll see how we can adapt those over the next uh, 12 months. But uh, to get you into the new year, a couple of days from now on Monday, you're going to be listening to an episode from Hugh Van Koylenberg. I'll do a new intro for that uh, to set it up because again, you know, things have changed since he and I spoke, but it's going to be a cracker. If this is your first episode, thanks for sticking with it. Andy, my audio producer, thanks for cutting this down. Uh, no, it was a bit of a long one, but I really appreciate it. Uh, AndyMar.com if you need your podcast cut. Rachel Barrett, who's the executive producer of my life, and um, Audrey Griffin for being incredible. She's my wife. My kids, Georgia and Wolfgang, they're awesome. You guys, I love you. If you need anything, you can find me. Send us your email at gmail.com. Send me a photo of where you listen to this. I'd love to see how you are bringing in the new year. Send us your email at gmail.com or tag me on Instagram. Until I speak to you on Monday, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.